You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Well, good morning and welcome. We're glad to have you this morning. My name is Pastor Ben. If you're not sure who I am, I am an associate pastor here at the church. Uh, Pastor Al is visiting family this morning. He is out in Arizona visiting his granddaughter. All of you grandparents know once the grandkids come, it's all about the grandkids and not the kids. So that is where he is at this morning. Uh, Last week, Pastor Al started kind of a mini-series, if you will, asking the hard questions in life. Last week, we wrestled with the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And he walked us through that, and uh, very relevant. Uh, Today, we are going to kind of do a second part to that, and we're going to look at the book of Habakkuk. And Habakkuk uh, was a prophet who wrestled with several very kind of deep theological questions. So we're going to walk through that this morning. But if you're, I hear a lot of pages turning. If you're not sure where Habakkuk is, it is in the Old Testament. It's between Nahum and Zephaniah. Does that help? Probably not. Probably the easiest way, go to Matthew, flip back about four or five-ish books, and you will find Habakkuk right there. But Habakkuk is a little bit different uh, than most prophets. He still had a message from God to send, but what Habakkuk did that was a little bit different is he questioned God. He had questions for God that he took to God on behalf of the people of Judah, of the good and faithful followers of God back then. He took these questions because he was concerned and weary about all of the corruption and the chaos that he was witnessing all around him. And just to kind of paint this picture a little bit better, you could literally print off the background of Habakkuk and you would be like, is that what's going on in the world right now? See, during this time of Habakkuk, there was lots of corruption you know, if for those of you who get the news alerts on your phone, if it pops up and you know the one that's kind of like that whoosh sound and the gong, if it popped up, you would be like, is that Habakkuk or is that now? If you turned on the evening news and you're watching the news, you would see all these headlines about corruption, about political leaders who are only out for their own gain. You would see crime. You would see those powerful, exploiting the poor and the underprivileged, and I could keep going and going. But there was also a lot happening internationally with, with Judah. The Assyrians had just been conquered by the Babylonians, and they were coming into power, and they were becoming strong and mighty, and they're about to conquer Judah. But doesn't that sound like today? We have corrupt political leaders only looking out for themselves. We have an economy that's going really, really crazy. We have international crises all around us. We have refugees with no place to go. We have wars. We have rumors of wars. We have all these things, politicians pushing agendas 
that do not line up with God's word. Our nation's moral fiber is nearly gone. Families are falling apart, even Christian families, even good families, because they're not focused on God's word. In God we trust. That's on many of our coins and different things is eroding away. You know, the other day I heard about, you know, in the news that people are starting to identify themselves as animals, which is crazy, and schools are even considering putting litter boxes just so they don't ruffle feathers. God, what is going on? I've been praying for our country. I've been praying for these things. Are you listening? What's up with all the sin that's around me? What is going on? Why all of the chaos? These are the exact things that Habakkuk was wrestling with. These were the things that he was crying out to God about. These are the questions that Habakkuk took to our Almighty God on behalf of all those good people that were in Judah. And just by the way, when you hear me say Judah, that is the lower half of Israel. So just kind of think Israel, Judah, in case you're wondering about that. But Habakkuk goes from this weary and burdened and concerned prophet to somebody who is just in awe of who God is and worshiping God because of his greatness and awesomeness in his fame. And that's what we're going to look at today. He goes from maybe a little bit of a lack of faith or lack of confidence to having confidence in God. So that's what we're going to look at. What I want us to do, though, I'm going to do a quick overview of Habakkuk and take us through a few verses, and then we'll dive in. So go ahead. Let's look at Habakkuk chapter 1, the first seven verses. And it says this, starting in verse 2, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, which is sin, And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. And here's what God says to that. Verse 5, look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising the Chaldeans, which is also the Babylonians, that bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. So after Habakkuk questioned God's, we see uh, God's first answer to him And Habakkuk doesn't really like that answer either because he says, hey, I'm bringing the Babylonians and they're going to crush you. He doesn't like that. So he actually goes back in the last part of chapter 2 and questions God again and say, how can you use this evil people, the Babylonians, to bring justice to Judah? It just doesn't make sense. What in the world is going on? And then let's jump to chapter 2, the first four verses. And this is Habakkuk talking. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And let's listen to what God says. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. 
For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright with him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. And after this encounter with God, Habakkuk starts to, like, okay, this might be making sense. We go on to chapter 3, and chapter 3 is an amazing chapter. We don't have time this morning to cover it all. We're just going to look at uh, about three verses there. But chapter 3 is all about God's fame and what he's done and all the things that Habakkuk has heard about God doing. So I encourage you to read it. But let's go to the last few verses starting in verse 17. Habakkuk says this, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall. So basically, if there is nothing, here's what Habakkuk says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. And that is Habakkuk's final response to who God is. So through those few verses, we see Habakkuk go from weary and discouraged and just frustrated with all the chaos and all the corruption, all this stuff that's going around And then he realizes God is sovereign, God is in control, we can have confidence in the chaos. And I want to tell you guys, you too can have confidence with all the chaos that's going around us. And over the next few minutes, we're going to look at four ways in which God can strengthen our faith to do just that. So number one, God strengthens your faith when you come to him or when you ask him honest questions. Because, people, God wants a relationship with you. God loves you. He desires that you cry out to him uh, with your questions and your problems. And God even wants to respond to those questions and to those concerns. We just have to remember, it might not be in the way that we think or in the way that we want it to. And Habakkuk is wrestling with trying to figure out how he can balance with what he's seeing out there, right? He sees all this wickedness around him in Judah, and he's trying to figure out, I know God is awesome. I know he is all-powerful. I know he's in control. I know he can do these things. Why is that not lining up with what I'm seeing? And there's these tensions there. And Habakkuk runs straight to God with that tension. And you too, with our questions in life, we need to run straight to God with those questions. Just to remind you, Habakkuk says, Oh Lord, how, shall, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see this sin? But that first question that Habakkuk asks, Why aren't you listening, God? Do you hear me? Why doesn't God hear? And haven't we all had times like that in our life where we're wrestling, we're going through a tough circumstance, or uh, maybe it's with kind of in uh, his circumstances, he's so concerned with the corruption. 
and we're concerned with what we see in the United States and America and the world, and we're like, God, are you even listening? Are you out there? But God is listening, and it, even when it seems like we've been praying and praying and praying for something good to happen, and it's not, we keep praying, we keep talking to God, we keep crying out, because God is a good God. I want to encourage you with a few other people uh, in the Old Testament who did this. Well, really just one, and that's David. Psalms 13 says this, David has a lot of questions. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. That's at least six questions that David has for God about, is he listening? Are you listening? Are you going to answer my concerns and my prayers? He felt ignored and he felt forgotten. Have you guys felt that? I know I have at times in my life, but keep crying out to God, keep praying, keep reaching out to him because he is listening. I'm really excited about how we're going to wrap up this mini-series next week. Uh, Next week's going to be a very special Sunday, and we're actually going to have three families up here that Pastor Al is going to talk to, um, and you're going to be able to hear their questions. You're going to be able to hear their real-life stories, how they have cried out to God, and how God has worked uh, in their life. That was just a little side note, but make sure you're here next Sunday. It's going to be really, really awesome. Let me get back. So what's your question? What's that question that you are wrestling with? What's that question that you need to take to God and ask him? Does it feel like God doesn't hear? Are you just really weary with all the sin that you see around us and the chaos? Right here in Lima, maybe it's Allen County, maybe it's Ohio. Are you fed up with that? Maybe it's the question last week that Pastor Al took us through. Why are all these bad things happening to me? I'm following you, Lord. I'm doing what you call me to do. I'm growing in my love for you. I'm growing in my love for other people. I'm growing in my love for the church. But yet every step I take, there seems to be an issue. There seems to be a problem. What is going on? But what is your question? And I want to encourage you guys, do not get discouraged. Pray powerfully. Don't pray half-heartedly. Be passionate and reach out to God. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And here it is, powerful statement. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Pray, reach out to God, take your questions Take those deep theological things that you know about God, but maybe it's not lining up with what you're seeing or what you're experiencing. Take those to God and let him help you sort those out. Here's the second point. God strengthens your faith when you recognize that he is in control. So we see in those first few verses of chapter 1, Habakkuk is crying out to God with his concerns, 
And then God responds to that, and I love what he says. I, I love this. Uh, verses 5 and 6, God says, look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings, not their own. So Habakkuk gets this first response. Habakkuk gets this first answer from God. And God is reminding him, Habakkuk, I am the one that's in control. I'm sovereign. I've got this. He says, Habakkuk, your mind is literally going to be blown when you realize what I am doing because God is about to bring justice to Judah, uh, God's nation who has turned wicked and evil because of the Babylonians. And they're going to come in and they're going to take over. But here is what I think is really important, and I want you guys to listen. Habakkuk missed what was happening because he was so focused on the sin and what was happening internally that he missed what was going on outside of his own little world. And I believe one of the reasons that you and I lose sight of God's sovereignty in our life is it is way too easy for us to focus on our own problems and our own issues and the things going on in our own lives that we miss what God is trying to do. So here is my challenge to you. Do not miss what God is doing on the horizon because you're too focused on that chaos that's right in front of you. See, God is in control. Do not miss that. You know, it's also interesting at this time, uh, the king that was in Judah at the time was an evil king, but they had just come off a period of Josiah, a really good king, a godly king, and I think they also lost sight of God's sovereignty because they were looking to the past. They were remembering all of the good old days. Doesn't that sound familiar? And I think we do the same thing. We lose sight of what God's, try what God's trying to do in the here and now, because we focus too much of our time on the past. We say things like, oh, I wish we could just go back to the good old days. I know I've said that probably in the last few months about something, or things were so much better way back then. We've all said that, right? It's kind of innocent, but it points to a bigger issue and a bigger unbelief, if you will, that maybe we don't believe that God is really in control. I think we do this in several ways. We do that with our country, right? We say, oh, I wish things were like they used to be. But look, just look what God's been doing the last few weeks. Even in the midst of chaos and all this, we have all the things with uh, Roe versus Wade and all that stuff. But look, wonder, be astounded. God is still working. I think we also do this when we talk about our church, in churches in general, we look back and say, oh, the good old days, they were so amazing, they were so great. We had revivals and we did all these things, which are good things. But you know what, guys? God is still building his church with each of you. God is still using you to build his church today. And when we go to the past, we lose sight of what God is trying to do in the here and now, we lose sight of the fact that there is a calling that God has for us right now when we only focus on the good old days. So be careful. 
Uh, scripture actually warns of this. Ecclesiastes 7.10, short, straight to the point verse. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. See, focusing too much on the past distracts us from what God is calling us to do right now, today, here at Lima Baptist Temple, and as dads, and as moms, and in our communities, and all these things. If we just focus on the past, we cannot live out the calling that God has for us right now, today. Point number three. God strengthens your faith when you wait patiently for his guidance. See, Habakkuk learned that God's timing was not exactly his timing. You know, he had been crying out for, we don't really know a time period, but it it was at least months, you know, maybe years, uh, we don't know for sure. But God's timing was not Habakkuk's, and just, that's the same today, my timing is not God's timing. I would love for my timing to be the timing that you all use, right? And that everybody uses. It would work out so, so good for me if my timing was God's timing, but it is not. But God's timing is perfect. And after Habakkuk uh, cried out to God and he, you know, the first time he cries out, God responds, hey, look, be amazed. Look at all I'm doing. You know, he wasn't satisfied with that answer. He cries out again, but you're, you're, you're a good God. I, I don't understand. But here's what Habakkuk does. Chapter 2, verse 1, and then God responds. I will take my stand, this is Habakkuk, at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. See, Habakkuk was in a position of readiness. He had cried out to God. He was waiting to hear from God. And I want to ask you guys, are you in a position of being ready to hear from God? And what do I mean by that? Well, are you spending time in God's word? Right here is literally every answer that we need is right here contained in these 66 books. And we need to make sure that we're ready and in the position and spending time in God's word to hear from him. But Habakkuk is ready. He's ready to hear from God. He's in that lookout, right? He's in a high position. He is waiting for what God says. And here is God's last and final response to Habakkuk. Verses three and four. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. And this is prob- that's probably one of the most famous verses uh, in Habakkuk that's quoted elsewhere in the Bible and that you know, many of us have heard. But God's response is simple. He's saying, Habakkuk, live by faith. The Babylonians will attack. May not be on your, it's not going to be on your timetable. It's going to be on my timetable. But get ready. Continue to live by faith because that's what the righteous do. You know, when I think about my own life and I think about just all the chaos and just even all the personal situations that many of you are going through, there are so many circumstances in life 
that we will never, ever, ever understand. There's so much, so many of these questions that we wrestle with that we just need to leave to God, to leave to our all-powerful God to sort out and help us wrestle with. We need to live by faith in these circumstances. You know, in one sense, we're just leaving these questions. We're just leaving this unfinished business to God, and that is absolutely okay. And when I look at my life, you know, many times how things actually work out are actually the opposite of what, what I think it will. But here is what I want us to remember. The questions about the chaos that we experience in life will only and can only adequately be addressed with Jesus. They can only adequately be addressed at the foot of the cross. So my question for you is, do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Are you taking your questions to Jesus? And Jesus may not reveal that answer to you, but we can live by faith and have peace, just like we sang about all morning, in the chaos. Jesus makes it possible for us to accept it before we understand what is going on. I love that verse that Pastor L mentioned last week. It was out of 1 Corinthians 13, 12, and even though we can't see things clearly now, one day, at one time, we will absolutely be able to. <clears throat> and here's the final point. God strengthens your faith when you praise him in the chaos. I absolutely love how the book of Habakkuk concludes and what this prophet concludes uh, like I said earlier, the first, I would encourage you, go read all of chapter 3 because it is awesome. A lot of really cool things about God and his awesomeness and his fame. And these are things that Habakkuk is saying he knows about God. And then, he get, then we get to verse 17. I just want to remind you of it again. It says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. So despite absolutely nothing, zero things, nada, despite nothing, here's what Habakkuk says, yet, that's a big word, I will rejoice in the Lord, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Verse 19, God the Lord is my strength, he makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. And here's one of the takeaways from this. Our inner peace, our inner joy do not depend on everything that's going on in the world. All the chaos doesn't depend on our outward circumstances. Maybe you have a, a terrible family situation. Maybe you just lost your job. Maybe you just didn't get a job. It could be many different things. Maybe you just found out you had cancer, and I could go on and on and on. But our inner peace and joy do not depend on the outward circumstances. And even as followers of Jesus, we're not just supposed to endure all of this. We're supposed to rejoice. We're supposed to take it a step further. We don't just need to walk around and be depressed and be discouraged and be weary. We need to be walking around with joy and rejoice no matter the circumstances that we are going through today. And we get all of that from God because he's this infinite well 
of joy that you and I as followers of Jesus and believers have access to. But praising God in the chaos demonstrates an active and authentic faith. When I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking about several stories, you know, over the past couple years just with, uh, with sickness and in health. And I remember at the latter part of last year, I had uh, just, just a family I was working with. Uh, the, the mom had COVID and uh, the husband came into my office and was just, you know, devastated in tears and you know, we did what we do. We cried out to God, and we lifted, um, you know, this family up in prayer. And as I got talking with uh, the wife or the spouse later, I, I said, what, what got you through that? What, what did you do? And it was earphones, and it was worship music. Despite the COVID, despite being on a ventilator, despite being in the hospital, she praised God to praise the name of the Lord our God, Forever. And that's the attitude, that's the mindset that we need to have. I hope that when I have, it's something really bad will happen eventually in my life, and I hope that my, it sounded kind of miserable, didn't it? But I hope that my first response is praise. I hope that my first response is praise, and I pray that for you as well. God strengthens our faith when we ask him, honest questions. God strengthens our faith when we realize and recognize that he is in control. God strengthens our faith when we wait patiently for his guidance. And God strengthens our faith when we praise him in the chaos. As we uh, just prepare for the invitation this morning and as, as Robin comes, you know, when I was just thinking about this week and just praying over the message, I was reminded of uh, Mark chapter 4, just the last few verses there, and it's where Jesus calms the storm. The same story can be, in, be seen in several other uh, books of the Bible, but what's really interesting about this, I'm just going to turn there real quick, uh, but Jesus has just gotten done with a full day of hanging out on the beach, a full day of hanging out on the lake. He is sharing parables, and he's teaching, and he's preaching, and his disciples are with him, and it was an awesome day of ministry. And what day wouldn't be at the lake? But Jesus, knowing there is a storm ahead, sends his disciples across the Sea of Galilee. Now, he doesn't tell the disciples that. He doesn't, you know, ru you know ruin what's to come. But the storm comes, and the disciples are frightened, and they don't know what is happening. And here is what Jesus says. Mark 4, verse 40. He said to them, this is Jesus, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And that's my question for us this morning. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know him as your personal Lord and Savior? Because our relationship with Jesus is not to keep us from the storms of life. Our relationship with Jesus is not to keep us from the chaos that ensues. But our relationship with Jesus is for us to cling to when those storms come, when those hard times, when the chaos is literally all around us. Do you have 
of faith. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Here's what 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 says about faith. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So I don't know what your question is this morning. Maybe it's, why are all the bad things happening? Why the chaos? I'm doing everything right, God, but everything bad keeps happening. Maybe you just got news of something bad. I I don't know what your question is, but whatever that question is, cry out to God. Ask him for help, and he will be there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are... uh, just so thankful for your fame. We're thankful for how you work in our lives, even when we don't see it. We're thankful for just how you're in control, Lord. And I pray that as we just think about your sovereignty and we think about how you have orchestrated uh, all these events and uh, how you use them in our lives to grow us closer to you, Lord, I pray that all of us here, we, that we will be able to praise you in the chaos. Lord, I pray that uh, we would just recognize you in our life. Father, I pray to you, if there are any individuals in this room that are just, they're thinking right now, Lord, I don't know if I have a relationship with you, and they want to do that, Lord. I pray that uh, they would come and they would talk to Pastor Gary or myself, Uh, this morning and uh, just get that taken care of. But Father, help us to be confident in the chaos. You give us that strength to do that each and every day. Help us to spend time in your word and to uh, learn what the Bible says so that we can stand strong in the days to come. But Father, we just thank you and we praise you for it all. In your name. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.